I'm Cameron DePazier. And I'm Mark Howard. And this is Talking Points. We have arrived at the final lesson of the God's Mission, My Mission lesson study. Rounding the corner of 2023 and into the... It's the holiday season, by the way. I dressed up for the holiday season, even though we're recording this way back in the month of November. You know, you try to boot those little extra things that people will appreciate. I dressed for a funeral. Yeah, well, I mean, we're not all festive. It's okay. But (laughs) either way, we're on the 13th lesson, which is called The End of God's Mission. And it's all about the book of Revelation and the missionary mandate that's found therein. And, you know, Pastor Howard, I'm a little... Almost dumbfounded, a little stupefied, a little befuddled here about how we get to the end of the whole lesson. We say, by the way, here's our mission in the last days. All right, bye-bye. And we're done. And so it feels like there's like a quarter's worth of content in this one particular lesson that kind of made up for some of we could have maybe spread that out or maybe say started with that at the very beginning. Here's the context of where we are in mission history and go from there. But for what it's worth. I have no answer for that. You have no answer for that. I mean, yes, befuddled, dumbfounded. Yeah. What do we say? But oh, here we by are. the way, this is uh, everything we've been talking about, what you should be sharing this this yeah. quarter. Uh, we've almost forgot to tell you. This is it. <laughs> exactly. So we're looking at the content of the mission, the message of the three angels, the urgency of Christ's soon return, and we're going to talk about some tools to help do it even more effectively. I guess... We could say the title is The End of God's Mission. Mm-hmm. And so I guess there, the, the idea is that we've had the gospel to preach and, and, and that, you know, since the inception of the Christian church down here to... Sure. I, I guess that I'm just saying we've spent lessons on like, you know, how to reach or the, not even how to, but just that we should reach well, this group or this group or this group or this group. Okay. Great, but Let's the content is here, and we don't want to we waste any more time talking about it. Exactly. <laughs> well, why don't you start us off with a word of prayer, then we'll yeah. march to the lesson. Father in heaven, we thank you for your word. We thank you for entrusting us with this last day message. We pray you would help us to be found faithful in giving it, whether pastors or lay people, Sabbath school teachers, or uh, other church officers and members. We pray that you would guide us in this study, guide the teachers as they teach this quarterly lesson, that it would, would motivate and empower your people to give this last warning message to the world. We ask and pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, this lesson is all about the book of Revelation. And um, the little blurb I wrote about the intros just says, This week we examine vital lessons about mission from mm-hmm. the book of Revelation. So, our talking points, which are three, are as follows. Talking point number one. The book of Revelation is a call to mission duty. That's coming from Sabbath afternoon and Sunday. But um, basically, sometimes I think people can skip past Revelation, just think it's a special subset of study that deals with prophecy and events. Mm -hmm. But it's practical and it calls us to mission. Talking point number two. I want to say, um, and the quote isn't here, but I think the wording is, Ellen White says, in the books of Re- in the book of Revelation, all other books meet and end. Mm. Well, then that's the so, end of mission. <laughs> well, my point being that, like you said, it's you know some people want to detach it. I mean, we just finished a Revelation. I just finished a seminar. Yes, and it's like you know Revelation is the last chapter in the book. Mm-hmm. So you don't buy a book like I gave an example of uh, uh, what's the Atomic Habits is a big yes. selling business, but. 
But if you were to get that book and read the last chapter, you'd be like, I don't get it. <laughs> Why is everybody raving about this? Yeah. It's the last chapter. It pulls together everything mm-hmm. else. And so, yeah, Revelation cannot be detached from the rest of Scripture. It's, Absolutely not. And especially when it comes to our mission, it yes. outlines the end-time people and what they're going to be doing. That's right. Which we're going to get to in our sec- second talking point. The three angels' message is our mission. Yeah. And that comes from Monday and Tuesday, and might I add, from the book of Revelation directly. We're going to see that, I believe, unmistakably clearly. And then finally, number three, and this is really focusing on Wednesday and especially Thursday's lesson, that there are many helpful tools for mission work. Now, the challenge and the challenge up uh, this time has a whole series of rhetorical questions that that leads you to, boy, I might need some help, and we want to offer some practical, helpful resources as we close down this month's or this whole quarter study. But let's go back and talk about how the book of Revelation is a call to missionary, to mission duty. Uh, On Sabbath afternoon, paragraph 3, it said, Revelation is a missionary book focused on a missionary God who is calling us to be a missionary church. Our calling to proclaim present truth to the world will exist right up until everyone has made their choice, made the choice for or against God. So my little comments on that were that, again, sometimes I think it's easy to view Revelation as an interesting book of prophecy and symbols and a deep study, but you wouldn't go to it, like if I'm thinking a mission, mm-hmm. I'd go to the Great Commission in Matthew, or I'd look at the example of Jesus or the writings of Paul. But the book of Revelation is a practical book of present duty for God's last day people. Yes. And so we need to view Revelation is that as that which it is. Well, I think we've highlighted it before, but, you know, most people are very aware of Jesus' words in Matthew 24, where he says, this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all the nations. Yes. And then the end will come. But a lot, I know a lot of Adventists who haven't connected that with Revelation 14. Mm-hmm. where when you go to Revelation fourteen six, it says, Then I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to those who dwell on the earth, to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people, mm-hmm. saying with a loud voice. So, you know, this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations. Mm-hmm. It will be. We come to Revelation, it is. So what we're seeing in Revelation 14 in the three angels' messages is the direct fulfillment yes. of that prediction of Jesus If you go ahead to verse 14, it says, Then I looked, and behold, a white cloud, and on that cloud sat one like the Son of Man, having on his head a golden crown in his hand. So you see the second coming of Christ, like it's exactly... So you you, you have that that gospel prediction of the gospel going to all the world, but you see it happening in the book of Revelation. So you can't detect, like this, what we see in the three angels' messages is what Jesus said had to happen before he comes. Yes, it is. And... The point I made in the talking point here is that you see God's people being used as his messengers throughout Bible history. In the Old Testament, Isaiah, rise, shine, for your light is coming. You'll be a light to the Gentiles, yes. right? You see it in the New Testament. In Second Corinthians, the Apostle Paul talks about how God has made us ambassadors, right, of Jesus Christ, as though God were imp- pleading through us, right, be reconciled to God. But that same trajectory continues to these last days, and when you see what I've called the zenith of, you know, what I call in notes, the zenith of missionary service, right, mm-hmm. is seen in the book of Revelation. You you mentioned God's last day people. Right. They're not just depicted as surviving the end times and then being taken to heaven. They're being active and, as Jesus said, occupying till I come. 
For instance, when you look at the, uh, in Revelation chapter 7, you see the 144,000 who are sealed with the seal right. of God, right? Oh, those are God's end time people. But immediately says, after these things I looked and behold a great multitude which no one could number of all these redeemed, you know. So there's this people of God and as a result in part mm-hmm. of their labors, there's this great harvest for the Lord at the second coming. As you mentioned in Revelation chapter 14, you see the 144,000 again described in their character in verses 1 through 5. But what did they do? Then I saw another angel, and they're giving these three angels messages. So right. God's end-time people are not and just... And incidentally, we, always, we, we seem to detach this as well. Revelation fourteen twelve. Here are the, those, depending mm-hmm. on your day, here are those who keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. Those are those 144,000 at the beginning of the chapter. Like a lot <laughs> yes. of people, like, here they are. They, they, they follow uh-huh. the lamb wherever he goes, etc. No guile found in their mouths, etc. Not defiled with virgins. And they've resisted the beast's mark. And they keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. Like that, a lot of times we look at that verse 12, but this is the follow through of... Yes, and these these are those people. That's the activity of these people in that Mm -hmm. last days. And so to your point, when we get to the three angels' messages, right, which is talking point number two in our study here, that the three angels' message is our mission. It's not just, Revelation is not just a survival book for crazy end times things and then Jesus will come. It is a call to missionary service with a distinct message that has to go to the whole world. That's exactly right. And as you get into that, I mean, I want to refer back to Isaiah 60. Something unique, you brought up Isaiah 61 to 3, you know, arise, shine, for your light has come. What's fascinating about Isaiah 60 is it's a picture where at the end of time, it says the multitudes of the Gentiles will come to you. Mm. Like right now, we go out knocking on doors. We get, we send out mm. mailers. We send it. Now they're coming knocking on our door. Mm. And the implication is we better know what to tell them when they come. Yeah, we, <laughs> and so as we go into talking about our mission, sometimes we act like also that, and I, we'll get into this with the three angels' messages, but when you talk literally about the three angels' messages, there aren't a whole lot of Adventists who necessarily give it. Mm. But there should be. Like when mm. they come to us in Isaiah 60, we've got to know what our message is. And that's part of the reason as well that we're discussing this. And you can have a mission, but you've got to know what the mission is. And you've got to know if it's your mission is proclaiming something, you better be ready to proclaim it. Well, I can tell you, as, as you already alluded to, we're just coming out of uh, an evangelistic emphasis here in the Mission Conference. And some 70 churches participated mm-hmm. in a thing called Discovering Revelation. And they're powerful messages, right? Mm-hmm. And when you preach them, and by the way, I had an opportunity to visit with a lot of the attendees who are non-Adventists. And I say, what was it about the advertisement? You can find out about more about Discovering Revelation through Voice of Prophecy. We work with Voice of Prophecy on that. So Good point. Thank you for that. But the people who would attend these meetings who were not Adventists, I would ask them, why did you come? The advertisement. And I said, what about the advertisement? And to a person, they're like, oh, it's the book of Revelation. I want to know about Revelation. People are interested in the book of Revelation, Mm -hmm. and they're coming to hear a message about it. And when we do give that message, their hearts are stirred, right? There's a movement. There's there's an awakening, a spiritual revival. And to your point, I think you were kind of alluding to it a minute ago. I've noticed that we don't often actually give this message. We refer to it. We might have a, the, the, the mission statement on a placard somewhere or something, but actually when you attend a Seventh-day Adventist church, how often do you hear the three angels' messages presented or anything related to that distinctive message? Well, specifically, the judgment hour. Oh. Speaking of the 2300 days. Come on now. The, the, the fall of Babylon. I mean, Babylon mm. and all its, its corruption. Um, the beast and its mark and mm-hmm. and that kind of thing, like those are specifics. Or not, and so here's what we'll do: 
we'll go and we'll quote where Ellen White says that uh, the third angel's message is justification by faith in verity. Mm-hmm. So, so we just need to preach justification by faith without talking about the judgment hour, without talking... No, yeah. that's not... That wasn't her point. Yeah. And so that's what we'll end up doing in many... I've gone to a lot of places where how often do you as a Seventh-day Adventist talk to anybody about the mark of the beast mm. and give them a study on it or a study on the who Babylon is and the fall of Babylon? Like, we don't do it on our regular church services. Right now, the only place I know that we will do that on a fairly regular basis is if our church is participating public in evangelism. public evangelism, which many of them don't do anymore, mm. or in personal Bible studies, mm-hmm. which the majority of members don't give, or if the quarterly happens yeah. to be talking about yeah. it, I'm serious. Or oftentimes it's an online thing that they'll somebody out there is doing to say, look on YouTube or something like this. Like, you know, this should be the core of our mission of every local but, church, but every seven Online is not us doing in other words, what I'm I'm back to your point. Like it's this is this is our message and it's it's a specific like you can't we we talk and oh yeah, no, we, we do that. We believe in the thirty angels' messages. When do you give those mm. messages? I mean, well, I especially like the sense. point on Monday, paragraph three. It says the three angels' messages of Revelation fourteen form the core, the heart of what we as Seventh Adventists have been called to proclaim to the world. It goes on to say, no matter what else we do, all the good that we do in healing, helping people, we must never lose sight of our special calling and mission, which is to proclaim to a lost world the hope found in the everlasting gospel, as well as to warn the world of what will one day come upon it. So I, I appreciated sincerely the fact that they said, at the end of this lesson quarterly study for the whole three months, right? I'd say, yes, we've talked about being kind to people and reaching out to people and knowing our demographics and being going outside mm-hmm. the box. And, but at the end of the day, with all the helping, all the cultivating, all the good things, you have to actually give the message, <laughs> right? We well, can never lose sight of that. Yeah, let's go back to the Christ's method alone. Okay. Like the reason for all that stuff is to win the confidence to share our message of truth. And it's interesting that uh, I, I really wish you could put in, maybe we make a separate clip, but you made a clip of guests. Cameron yeah. went around in our conference and I preached one of the series and he you went around with a couple other individuals yeah. to all the different sites. And he it put you in a unique position to be able to interview guests that yeah. came, non-Adventist guests, and over and over and over. And I'm saying this because we just take it so for granted. People are like, man, I mean, you guys really, what I really appreciate is they, they actually go through the Bible. They actually read the Bible. <laughs> and, and we assume that in other Christian churches, well, they all believe the Bible too, and they all read the Bible. They're not Where reading the Bible Where in their it? churches. And you know it when you do public evangelist meetings, for example, and guest after guest after guest after guest after guest says, man, we don't hear this stuff in our church. You're actually going through the Bible, and you, you're not just reading a little piece. You're reading several and in context, and then you compare it with other things, and it's amazing. Yes. Well, to that point, Sister White, um, I believe... And not only insightfully, but inspiredly. Like, that's not even a word, inspiredly. I have to tell you, I have to tell, I have to say this. All right. In the series that I just finished up, because we have this on, we've seen, we have this on our advertising, but I need to say that it isn't just an advertising gimmick, where it says, I've learned more in these meetings than I've learned my whole entire life. I had a lady tell me that right to my face, just this Mm -hmm. last meeting, in her 30s, said to me, um, my husband and I have been coming... I've learned more here. She's grown up in a Christian church. Her mm-hmm. whole life gone to church, read the Bible. She says, I've learned more here in the in the few meetings and she yeah, only she came to less than half yeah. than I've learned my whole life. Mm. 
And so yep. it's not just a thing we put on Absolutely advertising. It and really it stirs can... people. And that's yes. exactly what Sister White talked about. And this it's a rather obscure but powerful quote. It's from... Uh, manuscript releases. Yeah, manuscript releases. Uh, anyway, you can look it up. I've got the notation in the talking points notes there. But it says, The light that Christ revealed to his servant the prophet, and she's speaking of John in the Revelation, is for us. In his revelation are given the three angels' messages and a description of the angel that was to come down from heaven with great power, lightening the earth with his glory. In it are warnings against the wickedness that exists in the last days and against the mark of the beast. We are not only to read and understand this message, but to proclaim it with no uncertain sound of the world. Notice she specifically zeroes in on the wickedness that would exist in the last days mm-hmm. and, and, you know, the kind of the Babylon context and the mark of the beast. Yes. Oh, and then she also says, not only are we supposed to Not just righteousness by faith. But also to proclaim it. We need to be saying That's it. Right. Why don't you finish up that quote? It's a little longer one. By presenting these things revealed to John, we shall be able to stir the people. The usual subjects on which the ministers of nearly all other denominations dwell will not move them. Hmm. We must proclaim our God-given message to them. The world is to be warned by the proclamation of this message. If we blanket it, if we hide our light under a bushel, if we so circumscribe ourselves that we cannot reach the people, we are answerable to God for our failure to warn the world. Mm. And just let that sink in for a minute, that that's so powerfully clear that our dis- our uniqueness as a movement is, uh, praise the Lord for our healthcare institutions and our educational facilities and our publishing houses and all this kind mm-hmm. of stuff, but the thing we contribute to the world in these last days is the presentation of this unique message. And if we do everything else but don't do that, she says we are answerable to God for our failure to warn the world. Well, and I just want to highlight this point. Like a lot of people, when we get into talking about some of these subjects, like, oh, but they're they're unsettling. And mm-hmm. We want to tell people, we want to tell about Jesus and hope in Christ and this, that thing. Absolutely. But notice what the point is here. We, we have these discussions all the time about how the world today is so secular-minded. They're not interested in spiritual things. It's true. What's going to wake them up? Mm-hmm. Our message, notice, it stirs the people. Mm-hmm. She says that if we don't preach this message, we're answerable to God for our failure to warn the world. We talked about the three angels' message as being a warning message. It wakes people up so that they will be interested in Christ. And, yeah. we, and we miss that. It's like, well, we need to preach Christ. The usual subjects of other denominations is preaching what Jesus them. is doing, yeah. but it's not moving people. They're not open to the gospel. This message is a warning message. It stirs them. It awakens them so that they're ready to receive the gospel. God designed it that way. Mm. It wasn't, yeah, and it wasn't, we didn't design the message. No. <laughs> the three angels' messages is what God put in the Bible. He designed right. it because he knew it would do that very thing. So to bring it back around, as we're coming to the conclusion of this lesson, 13 out of 13 now, yes. dealing with God's mission and my mission. What is God's mission? It's to get people to his kingdom and make them more like Jesus, to make them true disciples of Jesus Christ, right? We're Absolutely. going to talk about that in just a second. The mechanism he's done, he's entrusted us, how do I say this right? He has called us to be agents of his grace, And he's told us, here's the message I want you to give. I need you to give. They need to hear. Mm -hmm. So go do it, right? So for all the whole, like you said, Christ's method alone, for the preparing of the heart through good deeds, 
through passing out literature, must many of uh, a lot of which is refers to and, and yes. invokes this revelation message, no doubt. But the whole purpose of doing all the work that we do is to bring people to a realization of their need for Christ, particularly in these last days when Jesus is soon right. to come. If we do everything else, as the lesson already said, except that part, we haven't done our mission. That's right. We cannot get to the end of the mission part and not talk about the, the content of the well, mission. Well, I, so. I preached in our series that there's something about a warning that's unique. You know, if you, if you live on the coast and there's a hurricane coming and you hear the warning, a warning doesn't prepare you for the hurricane. Mm. It tells you to get ready for the hurricane. Mm-hmm. And so our, the warning message is not going to, it's like, oh, I know what the mark of the beast is. Now I'm ready. No, mm. it should lead you to the one who can get you ready. Yes. And so that you, we've got to have that understanding in our message. It's a warning message to lead the people to Christ, mm-hmm. to have that kind of experience where we will be secure uh, and ready for us appearing in these kinds of things. Amen. Amen. Well, we need to move on talk to point number three. But those things work together. Absolutely. And what I really wanted to emphasize in talking point number three was found in lesson uh, on the days of Wednesday and Thursday of this week's lesson. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wednesday talks about what is success in the mission, and it's not just merely saying the word, but we want to make disciples, as Jesus always says. And so it's not like, oh, there was, we had to make disciples back then, but now we're just publicly proclaiming the message. The purpose, to your point, of publicly proclaiming the message is to help people become more like Jesus, be ready for his coming. So we want to keep that in mind. We need a disclaimer on this. You know, you know, we come into these subjects where you, now we're going to pack all of this into one lesson. No doubt we're going to say something here and somebody's going to tag us out and say, well, you should have said and you right. because you're just like we're <laughs> trying send to your co- emails to Pastor Mark Howard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at that clock and I'm thinking, we've got so much to say and I, I hope we're saying it right. But so I know, Lord willing, you understand that we're doing the best we can with a short bit of time. Yes. But, well, anyway, Wednesday <laughs> talks about the, the goal of our mission is Making to make disciples. disciples. We agree with that, and that's been repeated throughout the, the quarter. Praise the Lord. Thursday's lesson is where you always find those challenge and challenge ups. Yes. Okay? If you notice, in this week, almost half the page is all the challenge and challenge up. And it starts, it, it basically goes through a litany of rhetorical questions that we should reflect on as we seek to accomplish God's mission most effectively, okay? So, for instance, challenge says, how are you hastening Christ's return? Are you planting seeds of hope in the hearts of those who need to hear good news? Are you watering new believers by helping them learn what it means to live a life of loyal obedience to Christ? So, anyway, so like, what work are you doing to hasten the Christ's coming? What seed are you sowing? What watering and cultivating are you doing of that seed? It's walking you through in a sense of rhetorical questions through an agricultural process that leads to a disciple. Well, I don't know if you're going here, but what strikes me as it's asking if we're doing things that this whole quarter we've never talked about how to do. Mm. Like we've, we've been cogitating about who we should witness to and, and we should be praying for, it, yeah. for the... But now it's like, are you planting... To, uh, I don't know how to plant seeds. Are you watering? Now, maybe I'm. I'm, I'm uh, maybe it ought to maybe, be obvious. Yeah. But I've done a lot of training in my ministry, and I don't think it's obvious for a lot of people. So, um, I think that's going to lead us into maybe some resources. Where well, exactly. And so, what I noticed the done. challenge was talking to people individually. How are you doing this? Are you yes. planting seeds? Are you? And then when you get to the challenge up, it goes corporate. Let's say now, what would it be like if they came to your church? Is your church mm-hmm. doing these things? 
So what I want to close with our time together here today is just providing and referring you to some resources that will help you individually make disciples of Jesus and help guide your church corporately in being a disciple-making body of Christ. This will go along with that, but i got to go back to the challenge up. The first thing it says on the challenge up is some of your disciples may be ready to accept Christ. If we followed the challenges and challenges ups all quarter, we it, there's nothing that led us to now we have disciples. In other words, mm. you would have had to go on outside of that and actually started studying with somebody, etc., which to, to me is why um, we mentioned it last week, I believe, that we want to give you some resources. Mm-hmm. So right now, hopefully through the quarter, you're motivated to do more, be more active in mission. You've been praying about people and everything else. We want to give you some practical places you can go yes. to begin you know, some of you have begun. I understand that. But some of you are, are waiting for some more direct instruction. Here are some things that we can uh, refer you to that will help you to get that instruction. Well, on Thursday's lesson in the second paragraph, it refers to the General Conference Mission Board has approved global mission metrics. And so it's referring mm-hmm. to, hey, the General Conference sees this need and has provided some resources. We want to point you right. to two different things. Number one, resources provided and uh, developed by the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventists. And then for our uh, area here for Pastor Howard and I, we work in the Michigan Conference, and we want to refer you to some Michigan Conference resources. So you can do with them what you will. But first of all, for the general conference, for that process of making disciples, like the yes. agricultural cycle, there's a wonderful resource if you go to grow.adventist.org. Mm-hmm. Okay? And it'll walk through that personal cycle of winning souls like event, like like agriculture that you see referred to in the lesson. And two resources you can access on that site are the Discipleship Handbook yes. that has seven chapters in that handbook that are very practical on how to carry out these things mm-hmm. in your own personal life, to have a witness to others and that kind of thing. And then there's another book available on that site called Spread the Word that gives very practical yes. ways to plan as a church how to go out and begin Spreading the word. Amen. And speaking of that, as a church, the global the global TMI initiative that was just recently released in the last few months yeah. here by the General Conference takes those personal soul winning process, right, that you yes. find at grow.admus.org, and then it applies it to the corporate body of the local church. And say, now, how is your church actually doing this work? So mm-hmm. I would refer you to globaltmi.org. Great resources there, too. But in our final few minutes here, let's also refer them to some of the resources provided here in the Michigan Conference, which is where this resource comes from, Talking Points itself. If you go to michigansspm.org, now you see that on the little uh, screen every week. We promote Mm -hmm. this. This is where you find the Talking Points notes, but you also find upcoming events. You find other resources. That's right. And could you refer to some of the resources they could find? Well, on our resources page, there's a heading called Planning and Evangelism, Mm -hmm. and that has all a number of planning tools, how Mm -hmm. to make a department planning for your your church. Yes. A a calendar year evangelism plan, how to uh, evaluate your church's evangelism for mission, how to some resources for each department leader to make plans that will feed into your church's overall scope of mission and a number of other things. It's on very that practical site. tools. Um, yeah. There's an NAD resource that we've tagged or included on that site called uh, Curb Appeal that, <laughs> yeah. 
that I would challenge you to go through that with your church board or your church body. It walks you through your church to see your church the way a visitor would. And man, oh man, that's an eye-opener. Which so. is exactly what was mentioned in the Challenge Up. Mm-hmm. So these are resources to do what it's saying. And for personal ministries training, we cannot leave without letting you know about our upcoming Emmanuel Institute session coming up uh, March. Time out. The date I mentioned when we recorded this episode was wrong. The correct date of our Emanuel Institute training course is March 24 through 30. Now, seating is limited, so register today at michigansspm.org. All right, back to the show. The idea is if you want to be personally trained in how to do these things and bring that back to your church, come to the Emanuel Institutes. There's a registration form Absolutely. there. Also, if you want to do Bible study ministry, we can't recommend highly enough BibleStudyOffer.com. If you'd like to learn more about that, there's a link on MichiganSSPM.org. So whether it's the global church or the local conference, or if it's the personal ministry or the church ministry, there are tools in existence right now that you can be using to apply all that we've been studying in God's mission, my mission, to make us effective missionaries in these last days. Mm, so I know there's a lot to cover there and we probably, um, <laughs> we don't want to come across as like frustrated or whatever, but there's just such a, there's such an urgency to this work. Yeah. And there's a need across our church for individuals and church families to embrace this mission and go about God's business. Well, and we need more practical training in our churches. Our churches are According mm. to inspiration, to be training centers for Christian workers. Yes. Training schools, I think, yes. is the term that's used. Yeah. So we will pray that the Lord will stir that missionary spirit in every one of us, Amen. and we'll go out and do this work. So let's bow our heads for prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the opportunity you give us to know you personally and the responsibility you give us to share you with other people. Help us to truly be effective ambassadors for you in these last days. Help us to know our mission and our message and help us to be effective soul winners as we seek to represent you in this world. So bless every member, every Sabbath school class, every church represented here as we seek to hasten the coming of Jesus. For we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.